having been the first black police chief in, in, in different organizations um, is a byproduct of a lot of folks in those organizations who paved the way and a byproduct of all the folks who invested in me to get me to um, this point. And so how is it not my responsibility to help prepare the way for others? The same way people sacrificed for years to get me. They didn't, they didn't know who I was going to be. They may not have known me, um, but their work and effort led to this point. You're listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. Welcome, 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 Black and Blue fam, to the latest edition of the Black and Blue Podcast, where we celebrate diversity in U.S. law enforcement. My name is Dale, and I'm the conductor of this symphony of conversation. Thank you for making your way here. I want to ask you as well to help me continue this catalyst for change by heading over to the Black and Blue Podcast YouTube channel and hitting those like and subscribe buttons. And if you're listening to me on your podcast platform of choice, please rate the Black and Blue Podcast five stars and make sure you head on over to the black and blue podcast social media pages for even more content you can find me everywhere at black and blue us all right so let me bring in our guest of honor today he is the chief of police at humboldt state university police department out in northern california everyone let's give a huge black and blue welcome to chief anthony morgan How you doing, sir? Good, good, good. Good afternoon to you. And again, thank you for your gracious invitation uh, to appear with you today. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, you are up in Northern California. I'm down here in Southern California. Uh, tell everybody uh, actually re- real quick where Humboldt, Humboldt State University is. Yeah, it's located in the city of Arcata, California. It's the most northern, uh, most campus in the 23 system, uh, California CSU system. So um, we are uh, about five hours from San Francisco, Sacramento, uh, about an hour and a half from the Oregon border. Um, and oh, we're located way up there. In the lovely city of uh, Arcata in Humboldt County. Yeah, you are way, way, way up there. We are. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you find yourself up in uh, Arcata? Yeah. So um, I was the chief of a municipal police department in Maryland and my background is in municipal policing. And it was a product of two things. A lot of what happened over the last couple of years and uh, really working uh, at my at, at the HGLs within Maryland, uh, the Mount Rainier Police Department to really uh, reconnect with the community after some things had happened. Um, but I also had a family and my kids were are, are getting to or not where they are uh, at college age and uh, looking at how I can set them best up for success. Um, I knew I came out of college with with that. I also believe that there's a unique opportunity uh, that law enforcement has on college campuses to 
really sell the profession, um, really get the next generation of law enforcement um, officers and leaders uh, on board on those campuses to, to think about joining. And I wanted to put my ring in the hat both for professional reasons and, and personal reasons, as well as to give my, my children an opportunity uh, to come out of college a little bit better ahead from a debt perspective than I did. Uh, and uh, Humboldt uh, was hiring. Um, and I felt my skill set and what they were coming through kind of uh, matched and went through the process and it all worked out. Yeah, absolutely. How long you been there at, uh, at Humboldt? It's coming up on a year. Coming up a year. Okay. Early next yeah. year to be a year. Oh, so how was that? Uh, that how's that transition been for you? A little culture shock from uh, Maryland to California. <laughs> I, I would say there's some differences. You're right, um, but uh, the folks here have been have been great. I, I think it's obviously a little different uh, stepping from the municipal policing world into a campus yes. law enforcement. Um, so certainly navigating the uh, nuanced approaches you have to take uh, within the campus environment, uh, really geared towards student success. Uh, but but it's been good. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I think all of the challenges have really been growth opportunities. I've been really proud of the work of my team. And uh, I've appreciated how the, the campus has really kind of embraced us and, and really knock on wood, we don't have any issues right now. And I think we've uh, had enough dialogue where we've worked through enough things the past few months that we're in a good place with our student body, which is huge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, regardless of if you're at the university campus environment or if you're in municipal or state or what have you, there's always going to be politics involved. And, and I'm sure you, you deal with that on the on the level there with the university uh, board of trustees and president and all that sort of stuff. Right. No, you're correct. Um, as long as there are people, there are going to be those, uh, I think, uh, political moments. Um, and, and you have to know how to navigate them. I think a lot of times folks are coming from good places it's it's just getting everyone to kind of communicate um together and, and speak kind of a shared language in, instead of sometimes um you know kind of missing the mark that kind of can happen through through miscommunication because uh, I, I do believe um both at the municipal and campus level i, I think leadership and um, no different than whether it's elected folks or city councilors i, I do right. think it in their hearts they want the right thing for the communities it's it's just trying to help guide them to to how you get there the right way right right and you mentioned earlier that uh humboldt state is part of a a larger system can can you talk about that a little bit yeah the, the california csu system is the largest uh, C, uh single um system university-wide system in the world so it's 500,000 students what? Um, there's 23 campuses. The vast majority are where you are in SoCal. Uh, I think there's seven of us that are considered central to northern uh, California with, with the other uh, 16 really spread and in, 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 in kind of the SoCal uh, area. And so you have us as the northernmost and, of course, San Diego as, as the southernmost and then uh, everything else uh, uh, in between. Uh, but each of the campuses has their own police department, um, their own uh, police chief. and um, just like the highway patrol, uh, because of our uh, uniqueness in that we uh, can assist on other campuses uh, in the state, we have statewide uh, police powers uh, similar to, to the state police because we can go to any campus uh, within the state to, to assist. Yeah, yeah. So uh, talk a little bit about your department. You said that each, each uh, university has their own police department, their own chief. 
uh, talk about yours a little bit. What, what's the size and, and strength of it? Yeah, so we're made up of both uh, sworn officers. Um, we are also made up of parking officers, uh, dispatchers, uh, of course, other civilian support staff, and we're creating a new, uh, a new civilian position um, uh, to help us. And it's, it's really based on a, a resolution students did in 2020. Uh, that's a community service specialist. That's an, uh, an unarmed uh, position uh, that certainly when we look at some of those mental health calls or, or those instances where uh, they're not, violence isn't um, been alleged, but we can bring someone in um, to unlock doors, vehicle lockouts, uh, those kind of things to, to, to better uh, address a concern from students. And so right now our overall staffing is 24 um, uh, folks. Uh, to include kind of everyone here. Um, we're obviously gonna look to grow as uh, we are, we're becoming the third uh, Cal Poly in the state of California. So we'll follow uh, Cal Poly Slow in Pomona as the third Cal Poly uh, here in January of, uh, of next year. What what does that mean? Uh, so that, that for us, that means that um, it'll, it'll be a shift in focus from some of the liberal arts kind of um, curricula to really focused on STEM and really focusing on, on engineering and science uh, and math okay. majors uh, and, and getting that programming, uh, our, our university-wide program really geared towards uh, those types of, uh, of, of, doc of degrees and increasing yeah. our uh, postgraduate degree offering too at that STEM level. Yeah, I know some of those disciplines are what uh, we in the United States have been saying for a long time, we've had a hard time of, of getting people to, to, to gravitate towards. And, and as a, as a result, we're, we're, we're lacking in that regard. So we have to recruit from other, other nations. That's why you see a lot of uh, people from India and China coming over uh, to be, you know, doctors and engineers and, and that stuff. No, you're exactly right. I, I think the university is, is known as because of our demographics as a, a, a Hispanic serving institution. Uh, and I know the university, it's important to them to ensure that um, as this change happens, the diverse nature of the students here uh, stays the same and it doesn't turn into to something that uh, excludes um, excludes those who have um, throughout history been excluded. Um, and so I, I think that's a real positive and I'm looking forward to seeing the university uh, maintain that commitment to ensuring that there is a diverse student body here uh, that can also, um, you know, achieve uh, and reach, reach the same dreams and goals that everyone else has. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how large is the university population there? Yeah, right now we're just 6,000 students. I know they're okay. hoping to get to, um, 11 or 12 with the conversion. Uh, I, I know there's going to be a cap at some point. I don't know those specific numbers, uh, but generally if looking at the other two Cal Polys, they have a, a number that they kind of stick towards just because uh, I think you have to have a, a particular faculty student ratio uh, to right. success navigate those difficult courses. You guys think you can handle it with your infrastructure there or is there continual building and, and all that kind of stuff going on up there? It's going to have to be right, and so that's that's the unique dynamic. When uh, you know, I learned that the the term or phrase "town and gown," right, between when you're an institution and you are operating in a, in a community. Because uh, certainly, my experience in Michigan, we had Western Michigan University there, and I hadn't heard that term there. But uh, 100% yes, uh, there has to be a, a robust 
uh, improvement in the infrastructure in the area. That includes everything from housing for students to make sure it's affordable um, to other amenities and offerings that's going to uh, make them want to uh, stay in the area and then, you know, I think transform the, the North Coast, which I think is a, another goal of this is to really uh, not have it lose, it lose its unique identity here as a, as a part of California, but I think enhance it and uh, take things to the next level because I mean, you, you, I'm a big believer. If you're not moving forward, then you're standing still. If you're standing still, people are passing you by. So, um, yeah, I think that's some of the necessary changes that need to happen here. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned there a second ago, uh, affordable housing for your student student body population. But uh, you know, you, you, uh, California and Northern California is no different than than the rest of the United States. Uh, the homeless population. How does that affect? your community, the university community, the Arcata community up there in Northern California? Yeah, one, one of your questions earlier, you asked me about the um, what, one of the things that I noticed coming from Maryland here. And I would certainly say the degree in which homelessness is so pervasive and um, uh, out in front in the communities was, was, was something uh, different. Uh, so obviously we don't have uh, a lot of shelters. There's uh, a finite amount of resources uh, and there are more people who are uh, struggling than, than the current infrastructure here can uh, uh, support. So it, it's a challenge. Um, and even on campus where we have to deal with uh, which, which the term we use is camping when individuals are, are, are staying overnight on campus and can't, um, it, it's, it's a challenging uh, dynamic, and we're trying to approach it from a, uh, a compassionate uh, manner because we have students who are uh, suffering from homelessness as, as well. And so wow. it makes it doubly uh, challenging. Uh, but the university, uh, thankfully, has some resources that we can certainly offer to students. Uh, for non-students, we try to, to certainly advise some of different county resources. But, um, you know, th there's, there's something that you have to do in this profession that's keep your community safe. And so yep. not saying that everyone who is uh, certainly uh, suffering from homelessness because being homeless isn't a crime, uh, but, but we do have, have some individuals who are homeless who uh, take advantage of others. And so it's making sure we're vigilant and we know who is doing what and we're uh, escorting those individuals out of our, out of our uh, campus uh, community. Uh, but the greater community, it, it's, it's a very tough issue. It's one that, um, the folks here have a lot of compassion for them, but, but we're candidly struggling with as a community on what is the right path to, um, to help. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've never been up there to, to that area. Is that more of an agricultural area for farming and uh, what, what kind of a, uh, you know, population is going on up there in, in Arcata and, and Humboldt County? Yeah. It, so something I learned through the recruiting process is, um, you know, Humboldt, uh, this County, uh, was widely known for its, um, and you bring up agriculture, but a lot of it uh, dealt with uh, illicit marijuana farms, and oh, really? uh, that still is is a uh, industry in this this county. Uh, one that I, I know there was a, a Netflix documentary on that I uh, watched, um, and, and some others. So so yes, it, it is still a, it's an interesting part because. You know, when I thought of California, I did not think of at all an area um, that is more more rural. Um, but but this area certainly uh, certainly has a has a 
a farming component uh, to it within this county. Uh, but the city of Arcadia is very much a, I would say, um, the university obviously is, is a driving force. Uh, it's, it's still a very um, eclectic community made up of a lot of, uh, I think, really interesting individuals who have good hearts. Um, um, but it, it has a small town kind of feel that that, that will change, unfortunately, uh, with, with the transition uh, to a Cal Poly. It's, it's just going to be more people. And I think this area has to, has to open itself up to more people. Yeah, yeah. And what's you guys' your department's relationship with the with the municipal department out there? Is it Arcata or is there a sheriff's department or what's your relationship? Yeah, we both have a municipal department, city department, and uh, and the sheriff's department. Both great, um, long standing relationships. A lot of the officers here at UPD uh, formerly came from both the sheriff's department or or the Arcata Police Department. So there's a good relationship. I have a good relationship with with both uh, the chief and sheriff. They're um, really good individuals. Um, and it's key from a resource standpoint, we're all short staff. And so yep. we all have to work together and help each other. We help the city all the time on a daily basis with calls and vice versa. They'll help us when we need help. So, um, I appreciate the fact that there's, um, a lot of it due to need, but just because of, of the brotherhood of law enforcement, that there's uh, a really good, uh, healthy, positive support system, uh, as far as officers working together and backing each other in this area. Yeah. I know, uh, down here, at least with some of the UCs, um, they partner with, uh, you know, some of the municipal departments, you know, with, uh, you know, two-man teams, one from each department, and they, you know, they walk footbeats together, you know, around the university and, the, and you know, where they, where they congregate, where the, where the students congregate and all that. Do you guys have anything like that up there? Yeah, they're always invited up. Well, one of the formal things we're looking to do next year, especially in our, our depot, which is our one of the, the three student cafeteria, excuse me, two student cafeterias on campus, is we want to invite some of the local law enforcement up once a month, just have lunch with the students and us and just kind of hang out. Uh, the okay. chief of Arcade and I just recently did an open forum with students uh, two weeks ago um, together where we, we answered questions and talked about what we're both doing. Uh, co collectively uh, and separately for outreach to students and and hear their concerns because obviously when you're in university you're gonna have a number of students who are gonna live uh, outside the the dorm structure and in the greater community um, so so there is uh, a level of collaboration I know because of their call volume some of the ability to kind of uh, if it's not pre-scheduled to connect on some of those spontaneous foot, foot patrols isn't always there um, but when it is, I, I know our officers generally are walking with them in the community uh, more so than, than them walking. And that's just out of kind of the need of, of kind of backing them up some. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking more of a formalized team. I know uh, UC Riverside, where I'm close to, they actually have a team. I think they call it UNET or something like that, where, you know, both agencies have people assigned to the team where they do that. Yeah, no, that's not something that we've we've initiated yet. Okay, yeah. There's, there's always time when, when you guys get convert over to a Cal Poly. So there is always there time is. for that. So you mentioned that you're originally from uh, Maryland and uh, you know, you spent the bulk of your law enforcement time out there. Let, let's talk about your, your journey in the law enforcement. Had you always want to be a police officer? What, what, how did that start out for you? Yeah, no, that, that's a, a great question. Um, I, I would certainly say in my younger years, um, Law enforcement always intrigued me. I had a D.A.R.E. officer in school who um, uh, he was a, a black officer. And for me, seeing, uh, you know, a black officer in uniform uh, yes. was powerful. 
And um, really, when I look back, I mean, that 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 image, right, uh, mattered because I saw myself uh, being able to do uh, something like that. So it was kind of always in the back of my mind. Um, I initially out in, was this out in Maryland. You, you grew up in Maryland. No, I grew up in New Jersey. Oh, okay. I grew up in New Jersey. Yeah, I've, I've lived a few places. I grew up uh, yeah. um, outside of Atlantic City in Vineland, New Jersey. And um, I went to college in North Carolina. And I initially went to college for computer science, but I got involved in mentoring and uh, switched my major to criminal justice. And uh, the Kalamazoo Department of Public Safety, which is located in Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, came on a recruitment trip my junior year of college. And my professor said, hey, you should interview um, him. And they did. And they offered me a job. And I said, I'm going to college to get a job. So, yes. So yeah. uh, I quickly graduated a year early and uh, started my um, my law enforcement uh, career. Initially, I only planned on staying with them for five years. And my mind I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the feds and, uh, you know, go work in the DA. Uh, but I met my wife. And uh, that changed everything, and, and we, uh, we always does, Chief. Kids and <laughs> um, uh, stayed for fifteen years. And um, my grandmother was very influential in raising me. Uh, lived on still on the East Coast, and that's when I went set uh, to, to to put my name in the hat and, and become a chief, and, and uh, was able to become a chief in Maryland uh, before coming here. All right. So, how long were you chief out there in Maryland? Uh, three years. All right. Well, what was that experience like for you? You know, it was, it was, I, I came in after uh, an incident had happened. Um, so certainly coming into the department and the community, there were challenges. Uh, but I, what I want to say is that um, the, the team there, the, the officers that were, that were there when I came in, because uh, the, the department had been, uh, been decimated by scandal, uh, were ready to get, hit, the, hit the ground running. They were ready to uh, reestablish relationship with the community. The community was ready to um, receive the officers. And every initiative that we uh, undertook, I think, uh, helped us to sell ourselves to other officers that we weren't the department that we were in the past. We were able to quickly rehire. Uh, we were able to, to do a number, I think, of positive things with, with the community, whether it was providing um, meals on a on a daily uh, five-day-a-week basis during the pandemic or creating the detective position and the investigative unit there and really uh, impacting uh, some of the crime there and working with uh, with uh, D.C. police on, on some carjacking suspects and investigations and other county agencies. Um, it was a turnaround, and I was really proud of the work um, that every officer there um, did um, and really proud of um, really how the community embraced us um, and really, uh, I think, acknowledged our efforts to try to connect with them. And so uh, it was a positive experience. It was very difficult to leave um, because so much work had gone into it and it was a moment of kind of finally seeing your vision play out. Um, but but I'm very proud of, of, of everyone there, including the the current chief, uh, who was who was the assistant. He was my assistant chief. Uh, so very very proud of the the men and women of that agency and what they've accomplished. Nice nice, and you uh, helping you know lead the way to pull them out of that abyss that they were in was obviously a contributing factor. To how you got this job out here? So. <laughs> yeah yeah helping yeah. helping this uh, agency out as well. So good work. Love to hear that. So you being a uh, an African-American, uh, 
Did you see, you said you saw a, a D.A.R.E. officer when you were younger. How about as you were coming up, uh, you know, working as a patrol officer, as, uh, you know, as you came up, were, you, were there any mentors for you that could kind of pull, and it didn't have to be an African-American, but that, you know, that would kind of help because that's what we're talking about here. But anybody like that to kind of help you along the way? Yeah, I, I certainly give credit to uh, a couple of, of, of folks. One is uh, Dave Thomas, who uh, retired from Kansas Public Safety this this year, uh, and, and Sergeant Will Moore. Um, both, when I got there, um, really took me under their under their wing, um, spent time with me. Um, you know, coming into that that community, which was not. Um, as diverse as I, I mean, I went to historically black college and university, so it was um, uh, very different leaving that environment to come into one that uh, did not have a similar makeup. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then coming into law enforcement uh, as well. And one of the realities uh, for me being recruited from you know out of state is you know dealing with what. Um, why they pick him and what's so special? They only brought him here because he's black, right? And that that's a reality of, of what I had to face. And um, certainly being able to uh, look up to them, to have them invest in me, pour knowledge into me, uh, take time to um, spend with me to answer questions or show me, hey, this is how you do this, this is how you do that. Um, was transformative in the way that I grew as an officer and the way I grew as a leader. Um, because uh, at the time, I don't think they even realized how they were leading and mentoring me and um, what they were pouring into me uh, based on their experiences and trying to have it be a little easier for me. So uh, yeah. definitely um, uh, those two were extremely impactful on on my career and, and definitely helped me to um, navigate and 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 be successful and remain positive and always remember that um what they did for me i have to do for others that part that part yeah because uh you know you mentioned earlier that uh you know you saw that dare officer and you saw yourself being able to do that because you saw him but also not just seeing officers of color on the uh, on the line level but seeing officers of color that are on the uh, administrative level as well, you know, on the command staff level. So that, you know, that helps when, when we can see that we can achieve those levels as well. Have you been able to, you just said you, you, you mentor people behind you as well. Have you seen any, anyone, you just, you just said uh, your assistant chief was able to, to take over for you. Have you been able to mentor others into positions of leadership yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge believer in, in, I don't even want to call it paying paying it back. What what I what I believe is um, uh, doing for other folks what was done done for me. I'll, I'll put it that yep. that simply. And so uh, whether it was the officers when I became a sergeant who wanted to take the sergeant's test, um, here's what worked for me. You can you can you can take this pieces. Here's how I studied. Um, here's things that. It, that can help you as you prepare. Here's here's situations that you can talk about. Here's how I can push you out front in these situations where you can get the credit um, and you can get the hands-on experience uh, in doing these things. So when you're going through the interview process, you can talk about it. Here's how I can help you with with setting up a resume um, for your interview. And so whether it was helping, um, you know, the officers that worked under me, um, certainly that. Um, 
uh, we're black and Hispanic um, as an officer and then as a, as a lieutenant. And then, you know, all, all my platoon, anyone who's willing to help. And then certainly in Mount Rainier, which if you were to look at the uh, makeup of the city, it's over 80% black and brown. Yet the department had historically been, uh, uh, you know, 60 to right. 70%. Uh, white and only 30 to 20% black. But if you look at it yeah. now, it's it's 80% black and brown and only 20%. And and I, I do think it's important that folks in a community see folks in a community that look like them in positions of authority. Um, now, there is think, something to do you share. Think it was, do you think it was your responsibility to, you know, if you see something in, in an officer to bring them along uh, w- without them uh, asking you first, or do you, did you kind of think it was you know their responsibility, their career? If if they wanted to uh, you know to ask you for help, you wouldn't turn it down, but you, you're not going to go out and look for them. No, I think it was my responsibility to help. And again, I, I'm always mindful, folks. You you don't you can take what you want from me, and you the rest you don't have to mess with, or you can say eh, I'm okay. Um, you can step off. I can do this on my own. Um, but it's always incumbent when you're in leadership. I think you have to go to people. People aren't always going to come to you. And so right. if, if I want to help someone be successful, I have to go to help them. I, I can't wait for them to come to me because I don't know what's in their head. There could be, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk to him or maybe he wouldn't. How is he going to re- receive me asking for help? So I'm always big on um, and, it, and it's all my staff here. What, what are your goals? What do you want to do? How can I help you, you get there? Um, and then what's realistic and, and, and how does that look? And so I, I just, I believe when you, again, when you're in leadership, because you can close your door and no one can come in, right? right? <laughs> you can, you can close yourself off. So you have to be willing to go to your folks, um, and be willing to extend yourself. Uh, cause if, if you're not willing to be vulnerable and help them, then how can you expect anything else from them? Um, when it comes to them, you know, uh, putting effort into to themselves or the organization. No doubt. No doubt. And that, that, that's the part I, I wanted to get to uh, just to make sure that the leaders out there are, you know, taking note of who it is in their organization that, uh, you know, could be rising stars and even those that, uh, that aren't, you know, just taking stock in, in their people. Yeah. And you bring up such a great point, right? Cause again, for me, I promoted at a, a um, earlier in my career and promoted up uh, and very fortunate. And I'm, I'm very thankful um, uh, for those opportunities. And I recognize that having been the first black police chief in, in, in different organizations um, is a byproduct of a lot of folks in those organizations who paved the way and a byproduct of all the folks who invested in me to get me to um, this point. And so how is it not my responsibility to help prepare the way for others the same way people sacrificed for years to get me they didn't they didn't know who i was going to be they may not have known me um but their work and effort led to this point and so again i may not see all the the fruits of mentoring this person down the line but because of what i may have done and poured into this person and what they poured into that person down the line now they've opened up a door for someone else and i think if we can keep that kind of chain going um yeah you know We'll, we'll be in more more spaces and places. Absolutely. And uh, you, again, you mentioned there are twenty three of you chiefs of police in the in the Cal State system. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there are other African Americans as well. I know there's one who works for uh, was it Cal State Fullerton. Uh, follow their page on Instagram. So I know that chief is African American. Is, is there any other ones that you've uh, been able to connect with? 
Yeah, uh, the chief of San Francisco State, the chief of Cal State LA, the chief chief of Cal Maritime, um, and I'm missing one more. I'm missing one more, and I apologize. Um, but there there is one was, more. Was, was it the uh, one from Fullerton I just mentioned? No, Fullerton's chief just um, retired. Um, and so I, I, I know they're looking to bring in an interim. I, I'm not sure who that's going to, to be yet. Um, I, th- I think it was him. He had, he had retired and come back. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm sorry, Sacramento state with chat, chat medicine. That that's the other one. He was, there you go. Okay. I uh, was newly hired. Yeah. So, so there definitely yeah. is some representation, um, in, in this issue, but yeah. And a, another, uh, important piece to, to have in law enforcement so others can see are females. What, uh, what are, what is the, uh, the makeup of females up there? What, what is your responsibility to, to get females in this, re- in this profession as well? No, I, I think you bring up a, an outstanding uh, point. We have um, currently right now, we have one female officer um, and we're looking to hire our second in January. Uh, so I'm very excited to uh, welcome her as well to the team. Um, I am a uh, huge believer in um, recognizing that uh, this profession, obviously, as we know, is, is generally male-dominated um, as far as its overall makeup of the workforce, and we have to invite um, more women in. Uh, we have to make um, spaces for them to, to, to come in and be successful, and that has to be intentional. It, it can't just be a a talking point and it has to be a, a part of recruitment and has to be a recruitment strategy. And then when you get folks in, you, you can't have a closed off organization that is closed off towards uh, acceptance uh, of women in the workplace. And so I'll talk about um, certainly our time in, in, in Mount Rainier, which was really important in bringing in um, uh, several uh, women as police officers and promoting them um, because they were deserving of it. And you know that that's a a key. It, it, it's a key, and, and it's 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 unfortunate that we still haven't made um, as much progress as we should on that on the front of, of more women in law enforcement, and frankly, more women leaders. You know, I love what's happened in North Carolina with uh, the chief of Raleigh, the chief of Durham. Yeah. Uh, and there's some other kind of pockets of, of the country, but I mean, it's just really been in kind of pockets and not. Um, Kind of all over, and and obviously yeah. within our system right now we have uh, Nina, who is the uh, the chief of San Bernardino, uh, as the only um, woman who is a, a police chief in our in our twenty three uh, campus system. Okay, yeah, yeah. Going back to the twenty three uh, campus system, do you guys uh, you did mention earlier that you can assist other campuses uh, from time to time? What what, what sort of operations would 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 call for that? Oh, you know, so obviously you, you take a look at Fresno, you take a look at San Jose. The, those are D1 programs. So are, it, it could be around athletic events and just needing extra staffing and coverage for those. It could be on planned 
demonstrations that could be on, on campuses. Um, that's probably been the most recent kind of um, requests for um, assistance. And it can be from everything from just general day staffing and operations. Uh, obviously, between all the campuses, um, you know, I think maybe only one is fully staffed. The rest uh, of us are all struggling as, as far as uh, recruitment uh, is concerned. And so there's, there's just a need to help and support each other uh, just to make sure you can provide uh, coverage for your shifts. Uh, it's a little harder for us because we're the furthest away. Um, but there's been times when we've uh, had officers come up here for a month at a time or more uh, to help provide and, and, and assist. And so that's that's one of the, the great partnerships. And I appreciate a lot of the teamwork that exists within this system, where if you really need help, a uh, sister campus will we'll send you some support. And uh, Humboldt certainly has had uh, a need to call for help in the past. So, yeah, again, yeah, just for clarification for me and, and the audience as well, you guys are separate but the same, I mean, is it like a volunteer, uh, you know, hey, we need five people, you, you're voluntold, you need to go up to, to Humboldt, or is that, I mean, how does that work there? Yeah, so, you know, so like, the, like, like the CHP would be like, hey, we need, we need, you know, 20 guys to go down to San Diego from San Francisco, you, 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 you're going, is it, is it kind of like that, or? Um, I, people usually step up, so I haven't experienced that it's been uh, voluntold. Uh, people usually step up to help uh, the other campuses out. I think as, as, as chiefs, we, I think, message it effectively to our folks that uh, this particular location needs help and I need people to go. And uh, folks will go help. A, a lot of uh, times because there are units within the system, crew being one, which is a system-wide um, unit where each campus contributes a member uh, to this team. And it's, it's really a team uh, that exists to uh, handle and help with uh, demonstrations on, on campus and do it in a in a lawful manner uh, because they are provided uh, a training and so it's a it's a specialized uh, group of individuals who have this training and so again we 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 support that we have an officer who's a member of that as well um, and so you know more so on the southern uh, campuses kind of where you're at is 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 more of the kind of uh, assistance. Um, we, again, don't get to experience as much just because of our, our geography, just because yeah. we're the farthest yeah. away from everyone. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I just misspoke. Uh, uh, more of the, not just the uh, uh, special events that things happen, but like on a permanent assigned, you know, okay, you know, um, there's an opening in, you know, at San Diego State. Um, you're going there and now you're living there. Or, or is it each campus is, is their own entity and they hire yeah, each work? campus is their own entity and and we all hire our own folks so okay um you know there's openings across the system obviously if you're in the system obviously it's a lot easier to navigate and you're already a, a csu employee uh so it's a little easier we know that you understand campus law enforcement so certainly there's another opening at another campus uh, and you apply uh, that's something that the hiring authority there would consider um but there is no uh, you would have to go through an application process uh, each okay. of us has our own uh, staff employees that are um, assigned and employed by each university. Yeah, we, we all have our own separate budgets, right? So there's no kind of collective. I wish there was, but we all have our <laughs> own separate budgets uh, that we have to uh, have to deal with. We'll come with, you know, our, our, our own separate personnel costs and equipment costs and, and all of those items. All right. All right. So how's, how's the family adjusting to California now? You know, great question. Um, we, we love going to Central Cal, Southern California. We're actually uh, headed that way for the holidays, for, for Christmas. Um, 
And I, I think really well. I, I think uh, certainly uh, we're okay with it not snowing. Uh, we know it's not as hot as where you are. Uh, I don't think we would mind yes. that either. Uh, but I mean, the views are gorgeous uh, to be able to go to the beach and kind of uh, hang out there, um, you know, as well as some of the activities my kids are involved in uh, with schools and everything else. Um, it, it's been a, a, a fruitful and it's been a good transition. Wasn't hard for them at first, you know, leaving their, their friends and, and family and all that? It was. You know, I'm not going to say it, it wasn't. Um, you know, certainly. Um, being close to family is very important and the networks that they had. So it, it was really a tough, a, a tough decision to um, move them away from um, their friends and, and family um, to look at, a, 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 I think, a really good educational opportunity. So it, it was a very, very difficult decision um, yeah. to leave. But, you know, we kind of waited out and, um, you know, as I, I told my daughter, it took me uh, 15 years to pay off my student loans. Um, right. And, uh, you could, you could be in an opportunity where you don't have to take that long. Um, you could, you, you can go. And, um, that was a, that was a big driving force for us. Yep. I could definitely see that. Definitely. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, uh, as chief of police, what is one of your most rewarding parts of your job as chief? You know, I, I would say one of the the pieces that uh, for me I've enjoyed um, the most are some of the individuals that I've hired. Um, you know, when when I think back to uh, the chief of, of County Public Safety taking a chance on me and standing up to criticism and saying, no, we're going to hire this person, um, being able to uh, provide opportunities for others so they can provide for the family so they can live their dreams so they can be a part of a noble profession where they can serve their community in an honorable and, and uh, dignified manner um, is certainly been um, probably right up there with with the top uh, things for me I've certainly been able to hire uh, some individuals who had a passion for the profession but um, for different reasons um, weren't hired uh, or couldn't find a place to get in, uh, and also being able to uh, look at uh, promotional processes that uh, wasn't just based on the tests, because I mean, a lot of times you're, you're just testing someone's knowledge and, and memorization skills. It, it may oftentimes have nothing to do with their ability to lead and manage others and create opportunities where we have true assessments, where we can see what is your ability as a leader, what is your ability as a manager. And so you really level the playing field for those who may not be great test takers, but, but are uh, those leaders and managers within your organization and giving them a chance to rise up in an organization and be successful um, and help you uh, move your agency forward and better serve your community. So th those have been uh, the two pieces for me. It, it's really been centered on, on some of the, the people that I've been able to work with um, that I know are going to continue to um, wear the badge with honor and um, continue in this, this profession for the long haul have, have been the, the most rewarding pieces. Nice, nice. And on the uh, flip side of that, what's uh, one of the more challenging parts of being chief of police right now? You know, you know, obviously it's, it's trying to uh, get, um, you know, leaders, um, whether it's in the municipal realm or in the campus realm, to kind of understand the reality and the challenges of law enforcement and that um, 
there's changes that we are making, things that we are doing. Um, but but there are going to be unfortunate times when you can't de-escalate everything and uh, you can't disengage from everything. And uh, when those forced moments have to be used and conveying it, in, it to them in a manner that they can both understand and be supportive of the department when we're doing the right thing uh, and getting behind uh, the team when it may be unpopular, uh, those that's a challenge um, uh, because there's politics behind that. And right. it takes great courage for those individuals to, to, to step up um, and take the political risks. And so uh, that that is a challenge right now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, how, how did all those events of 2020 and still 2021, as far as uh, protest, we talked about protest, but, uh, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, all the all those things that happened in 2020. How did that affect your organization? You know, obviously being in a campus, um, you know, in, environment, um, you know, students are, are, are socially active. Uh, and I think that uh, that's a, a part of the campus going uh, experience. I remember how I was on, on campus questioning things. You're going to question structures, uh, your challenge systems. And so um, it's taken a lot of communication um, which I think is needed and we should have been doing anyway with students to give them the why behind our actions, the why behind we have this piece of equipment. And I think really being proactive and engaging them when nothing is wrong and coming into their spaces and uh, answering their questions. And I think being vulnerable to admit, hey, here's what we have to work on. Here's what we're not perfect at yet. Uh, but here are the good things that we're doing as well so that they know that that their officers and the team are, are out there doing good things and you can champion those things. And so um, it's obviously affected the way we look at training. Um, it's, it's affected, I think, the way we um, look at internal training too. One of the big pieces uh, here on campus that we, we've gone under is if we're going to be here for student success and the values of the institution, we have to be trained to the level to know what that what, what those are. So it's really reaching out to our diversity, equity, and inclusion directors. We have internal experts on this campus. It's not always going through post and recognizing that there's value in that because we have to keep our state certification. But there are experts on this campus who are talking about issues on a national level. How come we're not going to them and having them come in and talk to us? And so we've been reaching out to both those experts on campus to come in and train us and come in with a little bit of humility and willing to learn. And then, you know, also being in other spaces with, with students where we're just listening. We're not here to tell them they're wrong. We're not here to, we're just here to listen. And, and so I think it's been a, um, a time of uh, great reflection, I would say, and, and charting what is a path forward um, where my staff feel supported because uh, they need to feel supported. Um, but where we're operating within the vision and values of the university as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, earlier you talked about, you know, some of your staffing has come from, you know, the Arcata PD, um, Sheriff's Department, and, uh, you know, I'm sure other agencies around there. I just want, if you could talk about, you know, the actual duties of a university police officer so that, you know, my viewers and even some of those, um, those officers that are looking the lateral there don't think it's going to be a cakewalk that it's, you know, they're, they're coming from, you know, this municipal agency and, and we're going here and we're not going to be doing much. Talk about your, some of your duties, some of the things that you 
you do do that are, you know, in line with what other municipal and agencies do and, and, and things like that? No, that's a great question. Or, or uh, thank you for bringing that up. No, so uh, a lot of it is similar, right? So we're still taking the thefts. We're still taking the the, the vehicle break-ins. We're taking the burglaries. All those things are still happening, um, and those investigations need to happen. Um, so, so from a traditional law enforcement perspective, traffic enforcement, students want traffic enforcement. They still want you out there stopping. They want you to be visible. Um, it's not like you come here and it's, um, you know, kind of sit in the station and play video games. It's, it's no, they want right. to stay out there. They want you to, to engage with them. Uh, they want to feel safe when they're walking around campus and not have people speeding. They don't want their cars broken into. Uh, they don't want their rooms broken into, um, you know, a lot of work on um, uh, sexual assault prevention. So you're doing a lot of, a lot of that work. And so you're, you're getting those same um, things. I, I would say a, a, a big uh, difference is, um, and I talked about this a little earlier, people, students really want to know the why behind your actions. So I think there's a lot more um, respect and acceptance when they're given the why. And so here's why we're doing this particular uh, operation. Here's why we're going to be positioned here. And it's communicating that information out early and giving them really the why. I think that's for us at least made all the difference. And so, um, they feel kind of informed and aren't assuming that we're coming from a wrong place or we're singling and targeting anyone. It's here's why we're doing this because we've had this many thefts on campus. When we, we just went through, we had a, an individual who broke into uh, multiple cars on campus and, and stole, um, I, I want to say when we looked at the total total value, upwards of $50,000 of, of personal um, equipment wow. uh, from uh, students uh, across campus. And I, I'll give a big shout out to the Sheriff's Department at the time who, who caught the individual at a casino. And we were able to return uh, the vast majority of, of everything uh, that individual stole, but that was uh, a labor intensive where you're, you know, you're doing the same things. You're looking at camera, you're, you're, you know, you're taking fingerprints, um, you're interviewing multiple witnesses. You've got multiple scenes. Um, you're going off campus to, to also conduct your investigation. And then you've got the property recovery and all of that. Those lines, we had hundreds of pieces of, of, of yeah. items to recover. And so, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's not a, um, a retired on duty gig at all. Um, uh, if you if you're doing that, uh, you're certainly not going to meet the expectations of, of the community, and it's going to be a tough environment to stay in. To be quite honest. Yeah, yeah, and you have a an investigative staff as well that uh, that handles uh, and follow up investigations after patrol as well. So that's something we're building out. Um, each agency you've been in, that, that's been something to kind of early spend the chief and to create. Uh, and so it's no different here. I apologize um, either. But um, it's something that we're we're creating here as well. I, I, I'd love to have an internal candidate um, fall into that role versus going um, outside. And so uh, we have a couple folks internally that um, have the aptitude. Uh, we just have to provide the requisite training uh, so they can handle those, those, those duties for us full time. All right. Well, good luck with that. Hopefully, uh, you get that. What, what, what's the process now? Do you do you farm that out to uh, Arcado or the sheriff's department now for your investigations? Yeah, we reach out to to the city of Arcata and and their detectives come in and, and provide that that additional uh, assistance when needed. Uh, and again, they're, they're they're great partners to to help us. Uh, thankfully, um, 
knock on wood so far, we've, we've been able to do most of our, our work internally. Uh, but if, if we had to, it, it would definitely be the city or the county, quite honestly, uh, depending who yeah. is available in the moment. Uh, either one would come okay. up to assist us. Cool, cool. Yeah, because I know, like, uh, I guess it sounds like you do what uh, my agency preaches uh, for patrol. Uh, do everything A to Z as much as you can, you know, call load permitting. Uh, so, you know, you, you do the follow-up, you do the, the investigation, you do you, you write the paper, uh, you know, for search warrants if you need to. And you, you track down every lead until you can anymore. And then you can ship it out to the detective bureau. But um, that kind of develops your, your skill set. Um, cause like some of the larger agencies, they don't do that. You know, just patrol comes out, they take, the, they take their report and then, then they put it in the box for detectives to follow up on. No, you're exactly right. And I, I think there's a real benefit when you are, um, doing more, you're investigating that, uh, that I, um, and so the more reps that you can get, the more you'll notice situations when things are out of place. And um, the more you can tell someone who's a victim of crime when you are involved more. And um, now I agree with you. I, I think it's a it's 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 a positive. But our flip side, I also understand, too, for large places that are called a call to call to call to call. Um, yeah. You know, each agency is going to have what works best for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Chief, man, this is a great conversation we had with you today. I appreciate you uh, coming on and letting us know your transition from Maryland out to uh, California and how that's working out for you. I'm, I'm glad you're out here. You're a Californian now. So, uh, so, <laughs> so, so what are your teams? You're a Niner fan now, right? No, no, you, no. You, I, I'm, you, a, I'm a Cowboys Niner? fan all day long, oh, all day long. All right, let, me, let me, let me stop this. <laughs> we're going to, we're going we're gonna to beat the Saints. We're going to get we're, to eight we, and four. Um, okay, good luck with and, that. Uh, I'm confident that uh, you guys aren't going to catch the Rams. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, aren't they falling apart? Uh, it's I it's, mean, it it's still like two more three games in, three in a row now. Yeah, three in a row they lost. Yeah, right. just so yeah, yeah that that uh, that um, Stafford signing. I don't know. It's not <laughs> it's not looking like it like it was in the beginning. The first seven games, but hey, whatever. And uh, and my Lakers, my Lakers, you know, they're not looking as hot as as, as your Warriors now. So, so now you're a Warriors fan too, right? I will say, uh, you know, I'm a huge Steph Curry fan. Uh, yeah, I, I just yeah. love everything about his work ethic and how he makes those around him better. Uh, I, I just think he's got a lot of the intangibles that you look for in, in leaders. And uh, uh, I, I certainly want to see them uh, uh, do well this season. Um, and, and for your Lakers – I, I I gotta ask you. You think it's it's the coach because it's it's a collection of talent. But it just I don't know, man. Because that, but that's all it is. It's just a collection of talent, and and they just went for names. It seems like you know, names of yesteryear. They, uh, you know, Westbrook and and Carmelo and yeah, you know, all those guys aren't what they used to be uh, ten years ago. So I, I don't I don't know. We just went for the names and not the actual talent. So. Okay. Well, you, you think they should keep the coach, or are you you're going on record saying there needs to be a, a change? <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I I don't know what to say there, Chief. Uh, uh, record speaks for itself. He did win a title a couple years ago, so uh, that should usually give you some some grace period. But man, it, they they're not looking good. They are not looking good. So, but hey, you know, LeBron is back. You know, maybe you have to. What was he had abdominal strain? So. Yeah, hopefully you know his 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 tummy feels better and he can he can lead us back to an, <laughs> to another championship. So <laughs> yeah, 
All right, Chief, uh, before I let you go, I got a game for you, like I told you, that uh, we're going to play here. So let me get this set up here for you. Uh, this game is called... Uh, black or blue? 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 Come on. All right, so this game is called Black or Blue, and your category today is called Hollywood Shuffle, Chief. What I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, describe a movie for you, and you tell me... Uh, was that movie does that movie have the word black in the title or does it have the word blue in the title black or blue okay so it should be real simple for you maybe not real simple enough but <laughs> we'll get you through this all right so here is your here's your first movie let me describe it here for you this romantic comedy is about a disgruntled democrat who actually follows through on a drunken campaign promise to move to Canada if George W. Bush gets reelected. Black or blue in the title? I'm going to go blue. You are correct. That movie's called Blue State. I think that would have been pretty easy talking about uh, a Democrat, but <laughs> got to throw you a bone there, Chief. How about uh, number two, movie number two? This is uh, uh, after Robert is fired from his his own father's company he feels like his luck is run out until morgan enters into his life black or blue black oh pulled that one out of a hat yes black coffee that was in uh 2014 all right two for two here we go How about here's your third one natasha romanoff confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Black uh, or black. blue. Yeah, you know that one. Black Widow from the Avengers fame. All right, you're doing real good here, Chief. Uh, here's your next one, movie number four. In the Victorian period, two teens are shipwrecked on a tropical island in the South Pacific. With no adults to guide them, the two make a simple life together unaware that sexual maturity will eventually intervene blue blue yes indeed i'm sure you remember this one the blue lagoon a few years ago with uh, a young brook shields doing really well here uh movie number five uh, a child of a middle class home with solid moral values is lured into a world of crime and corruption Black or blue? That's a good one. I'm going to go blue. I'm not sure, though. I'm gonna oh. Go blue. oh, wow. Pulled that one out. Blue Hill. I, I, I have no idea about that movie. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I Googled most of these movies here but <laughs> for the game. But it looks like a good one. I remember the dude, uh, what was his name? Alan Payne. He was in, uh, yeah, I remember him. Uh, what was he at? Was he in uh, New Jack? No, he was in one of those movies. He was anyway. in New Jack. Yeah, he, he was, he was uh, okay. Snipes' brother. Or not yes, brother. that's right. Yeah. yeah, 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 my brother's keeper. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Uh, movie number six, a woman dedicates her life to seeking revenge after her, son's, after her son is killed by crossfire as Japanese gangsters perform a hit. Black or blue? Oh, I know that, black. Oh, you're wrong on that one, Chief. First one wrong, this one's called Blue Tiger. Blue uh, Tiger in 1994. Which one did you think that was? I thought it was, uh, but it, it may not. Be, I thought it was um, 
I think Black Rhythm or it might it might be Rhythm Section. It might Black Rhythm. Okay. It might be Rhythm Section. That's all right. I thought you were sorry. Right. It was good. a recent movie. All right. Couple more here for you. Uh, movie number seven. When the greatest African American action star of the 1970s only brother is killed by the man, it's up to him to find justice. Black or blue? Black. Definitely black. Black dynamite. <laughs> black dynamite. Man, that's that's funny. That was only in 2009, so I'm gonna have to check that one out. Says he's bad. He's sorta sorta out of sight. He's black dynamite. <laughs> uh, movie number eight: An African American police officer from Col- Colorado Springs, Colorado, successfully manages to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan uh, with the help of a Jewish surrogate who eventually becomes its leader based on actual events, black or blue? Black. That is definitely black. Black Klansman with uh, John David Washington. I, I love that movie. And uh, Adam Driver, that's a good movie. Have you seen this one? I have, and I love, I love him as an actor. You know, I yeah, mean, he's, yeah. he's done... Yeah, well, you know he's got that pedigree. He's got that pedigree. You know who Dad is, right? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, but he's yeah, making so. a good name for himself. It's, it's, it's yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, impressive. Absolutely. And your last one here, Chief. Uh, movie number nine: A committed dancer struggles to maintain her sanity after winning the lead role in a production of Tchaikovsky's *Swan Lake*. Black. That is black. Black Swan. I remember when uh, Kobe was calling uh, was calling Pal Gasol the Black Swan thing. Uh, you remember that controversy they had, but uh, they got through that. Hey, but you you did uh, you got more right than you got wrong. Actually, you only got one wrong, so we gonna call you. All I do is win, 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 Chief, yeah, you, you crushed that one. You crushed that game. Only got one wrong, and you probably could have gotten that one right too <laughs> if you just went with your gut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Chief, I appreciate you coming on. This is a really robust conversation. I appreciate it. Um, anything you want to tell my my listeners and viewers uh, before we get you out of here? Any words of wisdom? Uh, only thing I would, uh, would would say is uh, like the podcast. Uh, appreciate you um, having me on, and appreciate you having these. Uh, discussions, especially with where um, we are uh, right now. So uh, thank you um, and uh, appreciate being here. I appreciate you, Chief. All right. So you have fun up there in in, uh, Northern California. Enjoy the holidays and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. You got it. Take care. All right, y'all. We have come to the end of this episode of the Black Blue Podcast. I want to thank Humboldt State University Police Chief Anthony Morgan for dropping in on the show and dropping some knowledge on us. I truly appreciate you, sir. Keep doing what you're doing up there as a new resident of Northern California. And if you guys appreciated this episode, please make sure you like, subscribe, and share this episode on whatever podcast platform you got me on right now. I'll be back right here in a couple weeks with another fly interview. Same black time, same black channel. But till then, say it with me. Stay black in blue. I'll holler at you. Deuces.
has been a Maitre D Entertainment presentation.